I'm Brian Kilmeade. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm David Asman, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. I'm Trey Yinks. The COVID-19 outbreak may change the way we travel for quite some time. The challenge right now is really understanding and knowing what is safe and what's not safe. It, it's just kind of across the board. And so I think that's, that's what's harder for people right now is really determining, you know, what, where can they go? This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. Traveling is one of the main things that people miss as a result of coronavirus. And the outbreak is affecting the way the tourism industry operates. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Dr. Jan Jones at the University of New Haven, starting first in India that has recorded more than 1.2 million total cases of COVID-19. Despite many states reimposing lockdowns, the community spread is greater in many urban areas than previously reported. In the past 24 hours, India has seen around 30,000 recoveries, giving the country some hope. Now to Spain that is becoming the European hotspot once again. Yesterday, the country reported more than 9,000 new cases after initially beating the first wave of the virus. Spanish authorities say 40% of the new cases are under the age of 40, and half of them are asymptomatic. Finally, in Greece, officials are considering reimposing coronavirus restrictions as new cases spike. More than 100 tourists to Greece have tested positive since the country reopened its borders at the beginning of July. While the tourism industry accounts for 18% of Greece's GDP, there is hope that the new $2 trillion EU stimulus package will help to stabilize the economy. So how will tourism ultimately return once there is a vaccine for coronavirus? This has really impacted our industry like we've never seen it before at, at every level of the industry. This is Dr. Jan Jones at the University of New Haven. It's sort of a double-edged sword in the sense that there's, you know, these recommendations and things coming out um, based on research Um, But then also tourists just are really nervous about, you know, their own safety and and what they need to do to like what is safe and what isn't safe and where where can they travel and not travel and make sure that they're not going to get sick. And um, yeah, it's a real a lot of people are very scared right now in terms of international travel or traveling too far out of their own area. Absolutely. And I think one of the interesting parts about this pandemic and something that people have had to consider that they haven't previously considered, whether it's natural disasters or other virus outbreaks, whether it was SARS or Ebola that people were thinking about, was this concept of getting stranded abroad or stranded in a place that was unfamiliar to them. How do you think this plays into the decision making when people are deciding whether or not they are going to take a trip amid a global pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. I think it absolutely impacts their decision. Um, well, something that's a little bit different um, between, you know, some of the things that you just mentioned is that they were pretty regional. Um, so you could just typically avoid that particular region. And there were still lots of other international destinations to go that were fairly safe. Um, the challenge right now is really understanding and knowing what is safe and what's not safe. And um it, it's just kind of across the board. And so I think that's that's what's harder for people right now is really determining, you know, what where can they go? And um, and they're absolutely making decisions based on, um, you know, their their fears of getting sick. Um, but it's a global problem. It's not just a regional problem. And that's how it's so different this time than it was in the past. 
Absolutely. How do you think that choice plays into travel and the ability for a tourist to say, hey, I've picked a location and in the past you could look at a number of different airlines to choose from. You could look at a number of different hotels, Mm -hmm. restaurants, all these sorts of things. And there is a concern, I think, that when this does pass, a lot of these traditional routes or these traditional options for people aren't going to be there because people have to decide what is going to make the most sense in terms of money-making for companies, and then also what makes the most sense if people are actually going to use these resources that companies have. Sure, and actually I'm glad you asked that question. It's something I've been thinking a lot about lately is um, Americans in particular have been very accustomed to being able to travel wherever they want and and whenever they want um, with, you know, very few restrictions on us to travel to different countries and um, unlike some other countries, right, that have a lot of different restrictions in terms of visas and things like that. Um, so this is this is a new era that we're in right now in determining um, I think people are going to decide that some forms of transportation are more and less safe, whether that's true or not. And I think they're going to change their decisions of where they travel and how they travel um, until they do feel safe. So, yeah, it, for Americans in particular, this is this is going to be a big change for us because we're used to being able to, like you said, book a plane and go wherever we want. And some destinations are going to start to say, sorry, you know, you can't come here right now. And that's all, we're already starting to see that. I know that you've done a lot of research related to sustainable tourism and management. I think yeah. when we have these conversations about sustainability and whether we're looking in the short term or the long term, the focus often shifts away from sustainability mm-hmm. when there are companies and individuals looking to cut costs. Is this something you're yeah. concerned about as travel does pick up again, that people are going to be so focused on just getting out and getting to where they want to go that the conversation of sustainability will be pushed aside? Yeah, thank you for asking that question. I um, So I'm hopeful in one way that this is given the industry a little bit of uh, downtime to sort of think I shouldn't say downtime. I don't think anyone's really taken a break through all of this, but some time to, you know, sit back and think about how do we organize destinations that in a more sustainable way and how do we work together a little bit better so that we are preserving the areas and the cultures where we're visiting. Um, my concern is exactly what you just said, that um, as as things start to open, we're going to be almost in a desperate situation, right? Like if I, if I don't open right now, um, I'm not going to survive. And and I do agree with you that there's a potential there to um, just go right back to where it may be even being worse as, than before because you want to make up for all those uh, missed travelers and consumers. So I'm hopeful that um, some. it looks like some industries, some places are actually really taking the time to kind of look into this. Um, but I am not, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, it takes the back burner once things do open up again. You've been listening to Dr. Jan Jones at the University of New Haven. We'll be right back. When you look at restarting travel and tourism industries around the world, in your view, what are some agenda items that governments need to be thinking about? I know we've talked about this concept of certifying travelers and when a vaccine is available or if someone has previously gotten coronavirus and 
built up the antibodies to fight the virus, then are we are we looking at apps? Are we looking at wristbands? What do you think this looks like in practicality when you're actually traveling in order to make it a process that doesn't hold people up at airports for hours, ensures that they're still able to smoothly get in and out of countries? Yeah, I mean, that, that's an interesting question because, unfortunately, none of our systems really all work together. So for every country, it can it may be a little bit different. Um, hopefully, that's not the case. Hopefully, we do look at this as a global issue and and kind of prepare for that. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of different things. I think you're going to have to have, in some cases, it may be a vaccine that you're going to need to have before you go there. Um, like you said, if we can test for antibiotics, and, and we know that that's going to be helpful that maybe you know a process that's attached to your passport let's say um at this point but i i really don't know what i i can't even really wrap my brain around yet how they're going to kind of deal with that on such a global scale because like i said it's not just one location it's all locations um and we typically we typically deal with this stuff a little bit differently you bring up an interesting point about how countries are handling this in a different fashion. I was just talking to my sister recently who traveled to Iceland, and she has to take two coronavirus tests in the period of a week in order to ensure that yeah. she's not contagious, doesn't have the virus, and is able to travel freely in the country. A place like Israel, for example, they've actually reduced the amount of quarantine time if you enter the country from 14 days to 10 days, but a lot of other countries haven't taken those steps. Uh, we also talk about the concept of European countries, how quickly they're hoping tourists return, because there are so many different countries that rely on tourism for vast amounts of their GDP, oftentimes more than 10%. For countries yeah. in Europe where it's easy to travel across borders, and especially Europeans who have EU passports and they can cross country lines as many Americans cross state lines, where do you see the focus for global tourism returning? Is this something that you see is going to sort of start off in a place like Europe and then expand from there? Or will it be pockets based on where countries are able to secure populations and ensure that people don't have coronavirus? So I think it's going to be a little bit of both. I think that Europe certainly um, is probably going to be, they usually set the sort of stage for increased travel. And, and just in colleagues that I've talked to there already, they're starting to do more regional travel, right, like going from Belgium to France, um, things like that. And so we're definitely seeing that return already. Um, and you're right, they're very dependent on that. Uh, I also think that there might be some locations that are able to isolate tourists. Um, they may actually be able to invite tourists back. So let's say for big resorts and stuff like that, where you're not really interacting with, let's say, local communities and things like that. In, and having tourists and there might be restrictions like where they can go when they actually go to that country. Um, so we might see a return to some of the larger resorts that way. Uh, but it is, it's hard to tell. I, I, I do think, um, unfortunately, the United States is going to be kind of the last uh, right now in terms of what we're seeing to travel internationally. I think we're going um, to, it's going to actually get worse before it's going to get better right now. Certainly, it's it's something that I think many people around the world agree they wish 
they were not living amid, but it, it's just sort of the reality that people have to sure. deal with for a variety of reasons uh, based on government decisions and obviously this virus that no one can control. I guess my final question would be about encouragement to travel. I think many people are afraid, as we talked about, this concept of getting on an airplane or going to a place that they don't live because they can't sort of shelter in place and feel secure. Uh, what would you say to people who are worried about traveling and say, you know, I never want to leave my house again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously I'm a travel professor, so I probably have a bit of more of an adventurous heart. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's, there's, there will be different levels of that. And I certainly understand people being nervous about traveling. What I would say right now, and this has been my, you know, there's kind of two things that I believe in. One, I think companies have to be transparent about exactly what they're doing to keep people safe. And I think it's those companies that tourists will choose if they do that because, you know, they know exactly what they're getting into and that's what they want to know. Um, on the other hand, in terms of travelers, I really, I just, I can't stress enough the importance of uh, people traveling um, but paying attention to the restrictions based on either that country or that location you're, you're in. So if they're asking you to wear a mask, wear a mask. Um, if they're asking you to keep your social distance, keep your social distance. So it really is, in my opinion, it's responsibility of both the industry and the traveler right now to make sure that we're safe. And um, that's not what we're seeing in some places. Some people are really pushing the limits and and I don't think it's going to get better until we really adhere to some of these, some of this advice that, um, you know, CDC and uh, World Health is putting out. You're certainly right about the responsibility of travelers and companies. It's a fascinating topic to look at amid this pandemic. Dr. Jan Jones, Professor of Hospitality and Tourism Management at the University of New Haven. Dr. Jones, thank you again for your time. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.